Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Sam Dever Podcast, episode 29. In this episode, I speak with my good friend, Ryan Larson. Ryan's an actor I met here in Los Angeles through the Playhouse West community, and ever since I met him, we just really clicked. He's a really cool guy, really hard worker, very passionate about the craft of acting, but also passionate about a lot of other things in life. And aside from art, him and I always end up talking life, philosophy, fitness and nutrition, which we're both into. He's just a really cool guy, and I was really happy he came on and we had a great conversation. The book of the episode, and this actually came up in conversation during this episode, is How to Stop Worrying and Start Living by Dale Carnegie. Everyone knows him for his book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, which is a great one. But this is one I came across. This is a gem because a majority of the things that we worry about never even happen. And he gives some very good examples and techniques on how to handle worry in your life and really what the book says, how to stop worrying and start living. And again, that's by Dale Carnegie. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Ryan. Ryan Larson, welcome to the Sam Dever Podcast. Thanks for having me, Ben. Thanks for coming on, man. This has been a long, long time. <laughs> yeah. I've been seeing, like, I've been watching him. I'm like, man, when's Sam going to ask me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, trust me. You've, you've been on the list. Several have been on the list. But it's, it's, I, I'm guilty of, too, like, whenever, like, I run into people, hey, man, come on the podcast. Yeah, come on the podcast. And I'm like, oh, man, I got, like, 10 people like, I just told to come on the podcast. So totally, yeah. But we're here uh, now, and it's great to see you. Uh, I love the visor, salt lamp in the background. I see. Yeah, got a salt lamp. Um, <laughs> I know, dude. We're salt lamping, bro. Got to get those negative ions in the air. So in mine, I have uh, I bought like a higher wattage light for it mm -hmm. because you actually want to heat the salt up, and that's what causes it to release the negative ions. So by having like a higher wattage light bulb in the lamp it gets hotter and you get more ions. I mean, in theory, but it also looks better because it's hella bright back there. So what, and this is great. This is awesome. We're already diving right into it because you're, you're the science guy. You're the, you know, I love talking sports and nutrition and fitness and those types of things with you. So what exactly is that doing the ions? Um, they, it's like, <clears throat> it's like an end. <laughs> like, honestly, you just pumped me up to be this huge. So uh, it's like an antioxidant, I guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was funny. I used to know, uh, but then you start filling your brain with like other <laughs> stuff. And like, I guess that was one of those like needless <laughs> bits of info. It's like an antioxidant, I guess. It's yeah. just like good to breathe in uh, negative ions because they, uh, you know, mess with the positive ions and those are the bad ones from like all the electrical stuff in the room that releases positive ions or electricity things that might not be good you know i don't know if you're like a 5g believer or whatever but uh, yeah like i'm i mean i wouldn't say i am i'm kind of curious about why we have to have 5g and um but I'm not like one of those, oh, my God, we're all going to get cancer and die kind of guys. I'm just a skeptic, dude. I feel like both of us are very skeptical, and we don't just, like, believe what we're told. 
we want more information. We want to like see anecdotal data. We want to see like real, real life experience with this. And, you know, just the fact that the 5G isn't tested or like anything like that, you know, is kind of like, okay, well, what does it do? I guess, and I guess the saw lamp is to help me <laughs> with that. And it just looks cool. <laughs> and it just looks sweet. I mean, it's mainly for just how sweet it looks. Well, in, in transitioning with that, I mean, health and fitness is one thing we definitely want to talk to you about with this because that's a majority of a lot of you and I's conversations is, uh, you know, they don't promote health whatsoever, especially during the pandemic and stuff. They don't promote anything about taking care of yourself, any vitamins you should take, any like, and even before then though, like even before then, like America is just such a unhealthy society and, you know, stuff like, you know, we've had these talks like, Look, if you want to be vegan, be vegan. I've done vegan. It's cool for some people. Nothing against it. But telling people that eating meat is going to kill you is just, I, in my opinion, is simply a lie. <laughs> like it's simply a lie. And I actually think the opposite. I'm like, no, it's actually really, really good for you. Or to certain people, it can't yeah. be. We're hunter-gatherers. Like you're, you, if you are a vegan, there's a chance that you ha are lacking certain vital nutrients that you, know, you would get from meat um zinc a lot of different minerals that you can get from like you know liver and stuff um it's a superfood liver is a superfood and um and yeah nothing against vegans but if you are a vegan you should definitely get blood work and you should find out what is going on because you might be lacking something um i'm not a vegan and i get blood work just to figure it out uh yeah no um we're hunter gatherers you know it's all about eating healthy for me and making sure you're eating organic as much as possible just because it's held to a higher standard and a lot of the food in america is just processed and not good and you know if it's organic then chances are it's minimally processed and it's going to have more nutrients and some people make the argument that, you know, organic produce and conventional produce have the same amount. It's like nominal amount of like, you know, nutrient differences, differentiation between an organic apple and a conventional apple. But my argument is from having an environmental science, you know, degree is that the pesticides destroy the groundwater. The dioxins are everywhere. It destroys the groundwater. It's um, terrible for the environment. So organic is sprayed with pesticides that are approved by, you know, the USDA and the CDFA, California Department of Farm and Agriculture. Um, that and it has to be in certain parts per million, like a certain amount has to be used and they can't just fully spray and a lot of this conventional stuff is banned um and gmos are just gross to me so you just blew my mind early in this podcast do you have an environmental science degree yeah dude i had no idea <laughs> yeah. but 
now it like all makes sense. I'm like, holy shit, this guy, like, no wonder he's like, no science stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did take organic chem. This is amazing already. This is uh, calculus, <laughs> all the fun stuff. When I certified, so yeah, yeah, no. So have you always just been into like science and figuring out how stuff works? Because um, you're from Seattle, right? That's yeah. Well, Seattle, no one, like not a lot of people are actually from Seattle. It's just like not a lot of people know Washington. Mm -hmm. And so I just say Seattle because that's the most well-known city, but I'm actually from a smaller city that's very close to Seattle, like 10 minutes away, 15 minutes away called Bellevue. Um, yeah. Um, but potato potato yeah it's like <laughs> uh but yeah no um so i had a teacher i took environmental science in high school and i had a teacher that inspired me you know and like put it in perspective for me of like how important it is to take care of the world and sustainability and you know making sure we have a clean planet and a healthy planet for our children and for their children's children and so on. So um, that's honestly why I'm an actor too, is kind of combining two passions that I have. Uh, you know, art, I've always act like, like acting has always been something that I've been drawn to since I was like a child, like very young. Um, and then environmental, just the environment as well. And, you know, both are like, if I get, I don't know, if I get like, if I'm famous, I can talk about how fucked everything is, I guess. Yeah. Is what I'm say. <laughs> um, and that way, and like, you know, the impact I would make as like, you know, an actor with a voice is much higher than the impact I'd make as just like an environmental science, removing um, invasive species from an ecosystem or repairing a riparian area or writing environmental impact statements for construction projects and um, things like this. Like, you know, it's cool. The money's good, kind of. Um, but, like, I could definitely change the world a bit more by pursuing something I'm super passionate about and then making it happen and then telling, you know, people like about my passion. What's the one cause? Like if you had to pick one of the causes for the environment um, or something you believe in, what would it be with a platform? Like what's... So what, like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, I believe climate change isn't that his big thing? Like, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, and, climate, and, you, know, you made me think of him because that's literally all he puts out yeah, <laughs> is that on his Instagram I and mean, he's huge. So yeah. I, I get exactly what you're talking about. So is there like a specific thing like the ocean, the rainforest, like anything in particular? I mean, I, climate change is massive. It is massive. And probably the scary, like one of the scarier things is the polar, you know, the, all the glaciers melting, polar ice cap disappearing. And what it's doing is it's desalinating the ocean. It's making the ocean less salty because you're getting all this fresh water melting into the ocean. And the, the salt creates different temperatures and things, and that creates the currents, and that creates our weather. So 
by shutting down these basic, basically conveyor belts of currents, um, you we're going to see some gnarly weather. And we're already seeing that. We're seeing tornadoes, hurricanes, um, you know, droughts, a lot of fires because of the droughts. Um, so it's environmental, it, the uh, climate change is huge. Probably, you know, the one that's most pressing and like in our face. Uh, I guess agricultural practices too are really bad. Uh, monoculture is just growing fields of corn and soy and all these things and not diversifying your crops are really bad too for the environment. Um, the bees, the bees. Yeah, I've heard about that, yeah. Bees are dying because of glyphosate. So, I mean, it's kind of scary to talk about these things, to be honest with you, because like, well, that's crazy. You're telling me the salt in the ocean is what's affecting all this. Uh, I mean, it's, or it it's, contributes to it. Yeah, it's like. Um, yeah, I've never heard it like that. Like, I never heard it explained that way. Yeah. One second. So, it's called like the great conveyor belts i'm pretty sure it's like the mm -hmm. the scientific term i guess it's like a conveyor belt in there's multiple they're in the pacific ocean atlantic ocean um and they bring a lot of the weather these like currents that just like bring our weather and if they shut down then i don't like i don't even know if we should go into it but it's bad how much time our lifetime? Uh, I think maybe, I mean, I like to be optimistic about this, that the scientists kind of say like, like 10 years, 20 years. Um, the window is rapidly shutting. Let's just put it that way. We need to get away from fossil fuels as soon as possible. Um, like within the next 10 years. And hopefully that happens. Because with the hole in the ozone, uh, you know, that was very detrimental um, for many reasons. And it was the chloral floral carbons that were basically ruining the O3 molecule, which is like three oxygen molecules that are just like bound together that make our ozone. And it was basically that the CFCs in like aerosols, like a lot of refrigerants and things like that, were ripping the ozone apart and it was creating a hole above Australia. That's why melanoma is so prevalent there, skin cancer. Um, and you're getting screened for it every year almost. <clears throat> and that's almost pretty much completely repaired itself. So the planet is very good at repairing itself and balancing itself out and you know fixing these problems where we just have to put her in the right place and in a good position to kind of make these fixes these amendments to our you know like our <laughs> we contribute to it dramatically i believe george carlin said it in one of his bits he said you know <clears throat> planet's not gonna go we're gonna go <laughs> he's like the planet will be fine in the long run like you said even if it gets to a certain point and we get wiped it will eventually oh, yeah. 
do its thing like you just yeah, said. I, I mean, it's getting hit by comets and shit like that. It's like, unless it gets blown up by the Death Star. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Or the moon, like, breaks apart and ruins everything or something. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's why, like, what happened to Mars? Mars had a moon, and the moon was destroyed. And, uh... Whoa. Yeah, and then it just ruined all the tides of the ocean and the atmosphere and i don't know because they really think like mars used to have a bunch of stuff on it right like yeah. water and yeah i mean the mars rovers like found all this crazy stuff like the the mountain on mars is like olympus mons or something mm -hmm. that like mountain is wild to me like i don't What's know what's it called it's like called olympus mons it's olympus. the biggest mountain in the solar system bigger than anything on earth oh it massive like it's like it's like the size of arizona what maybe? like to just like the top of it i don't what know like, no like that is like pulled <laughs> out of my butt but it's huge it's it's massive it is super cool mountain it's a malka um i like malkas so yeah You've seen the movie Mission to Mars, right? Yes. I enjoy all Martian movies. Yeah, man, you got me thinking in a different, like, no pun intended, a different space right now. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, it is insane, like, when you really start to, uh, there's this podcast on Tim Ferriss, I mentioned it on here once before, but it's episode 555, and Tim basically reads this book from a book called uh, 4,000 Weeks. Basically, like every human will live an average of 4,000 weeks, comes out to like, you know, late 70s, 80 years on Earth, whatever. And this, he read this chapter called Cosmic Insignificance. And it really, I mean, it, I can't say it's, it's, it's inspiring, it's morbid, but it's that idea of like, look, your lifetime is like not even that, like not even a snap of like this universe and this world and what's come before you and what's going to come after you. It's like, you're you're just a quick flick of a speck and yeah, no, gone nothing because he even made the point like people like someone like a steve jobs or he goes yeah they might be remembered for hundreds of years but eventually they'll all be forgotten too and the groups of thousands of years and then it, it's just it just i don't know it's like it kind of it just motivates you to enjoy your life right now <laughs> yeah and for sure. the names will be lost and it'll just be like a generate like it'll be very generational you know like from this time period to this time period these humans live like this and uh it's like history that we learn now about like you know bc stuff and ad stuff and like you don't like there are names that we know you know like julius caesar and jesus christ and you know all these different names but for the most part it's like kind of like a very broad, like what it meant to be living in these time periods. Um, but yeah, no, insignificant, totally. We are insignificant. <laughs> I mean, I love those pictures that just show like what the earth looks like from different, different spots in the galaxy. And it's just like, it really is just like this little tiny dot, this little blip. This is where all these wars are and like all this famine and love and, hate and peace it all happens right there and it's just like it's wild i mean dude life is crazy 
Like it's it's, crazy. Everything, like it's crazy, dude. Like we're just sitting here on our laptops talking, <laughs> you know, like like where we're at is it's wild. Everything's wild. I, mean, I feel like everything in my life has led me to this moment right now, having this com- exact conversation with you. Cause I, it's like, we don't take pause, right? Like to, not too many people take pause to be like, Hey, like what the hell's going on here? It's because you go into this society and shout out to Chris Levy, who, you know, from Playhouse West. Like I'll never yeah. forget what Chris said, man, about, he was referencing like what art was. He's like, look, no one asked to be here. You're just born here. <laughs> and you you come and do this thing that is telling you how to live in society and rules and this, that, and the other. And he basically said from when you're born and between you die, in between in what you make of art, that's your interpretation of what life is. Because no one really knows. Who knows? Like, we all think we know how it goes, but do we? <laughs> and do I'm, we? I am trying. I have spent... I'm going to spend my whole life trying to figure it out, <laughs> you know, cause like I'm super like, I like, what is the meaning to all of this? And I refuse to believe that it's, it is meaningless. Um, there is a meaning uh, to every, everyone ha- brings meaning to this existence. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not you find it. And I mean, it's important to just spend your life, searching for it and like you know not settling and you know that's what gives me excitement it's what gets me out of bed is like all right like let's get let's make these things happen you know let's get after this this day and i mean obviously i have bad days and i have good days uh but you gotta i guess you just have to be like grateful that like we can even you know wake up and do all the things that we do throughout the day. And I mean, you just had went through like a traumatic mm-hmm. leg injury and, you know, a lot of those things were ripped from you. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, I bet you're just super grateful to, to do like, you know, back to exercising then. Like I bet that feels nice, dude. dude it's, yeah, like you don't you you just hit it on the head. It's we take uh, so for granted so many things, and um, and even during my situation, as low as it was, I still held on to that gratitude that it could have been way worse. And there's other people in a way worse position, and uh, it's like, man, like we it really just gave me perspective and like, look, and as you come out of it and you get stronger, it is amazing how, even though you have this perspective and experience, the rat race comes back and it starts again, taking your mind and blinding you to bullshit. And it's like, I, I, but the power I have now is like, wait a minute. Like I'll stop at what I'm like worrying about. I go, that's nothing. (laughs) What am I worrying about that for? Because within a split sec, you can be dead or really hurt and messed up. Yeah. Yeah. And at any given time, doesn't matter and, who you are. And like humans are very good at just like worrying about situations that are never even going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, like I find myself worrying about things that like will probably not happen that way. And, and that's pretty much how it goes. Like I can like think back and, and like, you know, 
to times when I like certain scenarios and events where I was super anxious and worried about outcomes that just never even happened. And it's just like so important to live in the moment and now prepare yourself for, you know, those events and what potentially could happen. But that's way, way out there. And, you know, you need to worry about right here. And, and you got to constantly remind yourself that because I still find myself anxious about things like, oh, am I going to be able to pay my rent this month? Like, uh, it's like, look, just take it day by day, have faith. As long as you're actively like trying to pay your rent, chances are that like money will find you. You know, um, you may have just chosen the book of the episode. <laughs> I was going to go with Matthew McConaughey green lights because of the whole acting thing, but I think you may have, gotten something deep and deeper which is a great book by the way Thanks. how to stop worrying and start living by dale carnegie he there's there's one like sometimes when you read a book like you you like read through it like did i get any there's one key thing i got out of this one in particular an exercise he's like whatever it is you're worrying about actually write out and think out pretend that it actually happens mm. what happens mm. and what you say to add on to what you said I'm not saying that some things that if they happen, they aren't, they aren't tragedies and whatnot, but at the most of them, even when they happen, they really aren't that bad. Your mind just makes it think it's going to be the worst thing in the world. Like for example, like I don't have my rent. I don't have my rent. And that day comes and you don't have your rent. The world's not going to explode. The sun's not going to uh, crash into you. All right, let me talk to my landlord and see if he'll give me a few extra days. And then next thing you know, within a few days you end up getting the rent. And pay. You see what I mean? Like it's like, yeah. He's like, and it actually, like, whenever you're thinking those things, like, actually talk out, well, if it did happen, what would I do? And then you come up with solutions, and then it takes away some of the stress of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I love that. You reminded me of that. That's why I I definitely try to do more of that now. Like, all right, like, like, plan A, plan B, plan C, you know? And, like, all right, like, best case scenario, worst case scenario, I'm living in a box. Uh, in like this patch of land between the 101 and the busway and uh, in the valley, you know, I found a you little won't spot. be the only one. I feel like every actor, like a lot of actors, like scope out areas of LA where they would be like, oh yeah, like, <laughs> I, like I could live there, I guess. Like if I had to, like this would be a nice little tree that I could nestle near um, just because like nothing is, you know, it's a, it's a rough profession, but uh, I love it. It's amazing. It's you know. What's it like right now as an actor here in LA? Because you're active in it right now and auditioning and doing stuff like that. What's the scene like? Well, so I took you know I took the holidays off. Um, so I haven't auditioned in uh, God maybe a couple months, which is also nice because it is good to kind of step away. Um, replenish all your emotional reservoirs i like to call it because a lot of it can dry you out as an actor um so i'm super full right now like i'm ready to go i just started applying to jobs today i mean it's mostly like i utilize uh actors access and backstage i find the most luck with those two platforms and i just submit to jobs you know 
and a lot of it's in person or not in person excuse me uh self-tape and um i had a couple in person auditions like you know in the summer and early fall which were amazing i love in-person auditions i've definitely warmed way more up to self-taping um self-taping is cool now it's wild because like i did you know i got pretty far in the casting process on a couple of projects and and did chemistry reads and man it's it's over zoom like you're chemistry reading over zoom and it's like not fun because like how do you know if i have chemistry over this screen and like i mean there is like a baseline level of chemistry like you can kind of see like yeah like all right cool you know like for plain lovers like you actually look cute and like another girl's like not really your cup of tea or whatever so like you might be more engaged like there is like a level of chemistry that you can get over zoom and on the computer um it's just not ideal and it was nice you know getting to do those chemistry reads and like just get experience doing that but i wish it was experience doing it in person because that's probably where everything's going to go back to especially for a chemistry read um but i definitely feel like i'm more prepared for them and yeah no it's that's the hardest thing and I was talking with Holly about it uh, and they had like some argument on this like casting director for actors page on Facebook and like it was like hey guy like hey what do you think about acting classes online and you know a bunch of people chimed in and there's like arguments going like one coach or actor was like yeah no they're great. Like you can learn, like you can learn just as much online and as in person. And it's like, Oh my God, dude. No, no, you cannot period. No, this is like the worst profession to try and do it over a computer. Like, yes, you can get a baseline. Like you are getting a workout, but the ceiling is low. The ceiling is very, very low. You will reach that ceiling in a month two months, like you will get what you're going to get out of that online class very fast. And you won't go further than that because you can't, because there's, it's so much different having a conversation face to face than it is over this laptop. I mean, it takes you out of the reality. It's like, you know, it's just like, yeah, you gotta really act. You don't wanna be acting, you wanna be living, you know? You do not wanna be acting. You want to just be living in the imaginary circumstances. You want to, and yeah, so the ceiling's low. Ceiling's low. So I have one quick thing to go back to. You, you said it's actually called the chemistry read? Yeah. I, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, no, that's a thing. It's act, an actual thing. And it's that's a, mainly for like romantic type roles and stuff like that or anything anything you just know to see if the two actors click yes you know? yeah, i yeah. guess that makes perfect sense though that they would have that yeah no i've done i've done a few chemistry reads now in my time in la um and you know a lot of them were in person before the pandemic and now it's just like 
<laughs> they're weird. Like you just like sit in the Zoom room and then different girls, like they have like five girls come in and like read with you or whatever the role is, five guys, five um, non-binary or whatever, like come read with you. And, uh, and yeah, it's, um, it's weird. <laughs> and, and then like, so basically they're just like finding pairs that work together and then they're matching it up. They're showing the producer, they're showing usually the directors there in the chemistry read. Um, and you know, they're just seeing who, who works well together, who, you know, like if you were supposed to be brother and sister, which one of them was, it's like, right. who looks related and has the chemistry and you know, these things like that. Um, so that's kind of like what they are. It's just kind of like putting the two people on screen. It's like a it's a little bit of like a screen testy kind of deal. Um, yeah, it's it's further like you do like a you know you do your initial audition, then you do a callback, and you might do another callback, and then you do chemistry read, and then they you know from the chemistry read they might get it down to like the like the two men and women that they want, and then you know it gets cast it's all it's all it's all different and um different projects are different you might only be two auditions there's no chemistry read um bigger network stuff will have like maybe even like you know a chemistry read and then a couple of screen tests and like all kind like you know a fitting and where you're wearing like if you're superman you have to like wear the costume and do the dialogue and some action i don't like it's it's all it's all kind of different for what the project requires but you know it's good getting experience with that regardless well it reminds me too again another shout out to chris Levy. i think he said in a class one time like your actual audition that you do like maybe that initial times like 17 percent of it whereas this like a chemistry read for example Maybe the guy and the girl both crush their audition, like both amazing. But what if when they get to the chemistry read, there's no chemistry? And maybe this guy or girl who wasn't as strong as one of the others, but they bring that other one in and they're just chemistries off the charts. That's obviously going to make for better film as long as they're a pretty decent actor as well. So yeah, can you talk maybe a little bit about, because I know uh, you, man, you're one of those people, like when people ask me about LA and acting, I'm like, you know, I was dabbling and heading that way obviously pandemic happened <laughs> i got hurt things like that but then i see people such as yourself and several other people that we know that go hard at this mm. and i try to explain to people like oh you don't need to take it they'll be like oh you don't need to take acting classes or you you don't need to uh do this i'm like uh yes you do <laughs> and I'm, i try to tell them like man i know people and this is just my network. There's a whole city of these people out here like that should be on the big screen. Like they're that good. I've seen their work mm. face to face. Like mm. they're that good. But well, how come I haven't seen any of these people in, you know, big movies and like that? Because there's, there's such a business side to this. I know yeah. you've given me some insights. So could you, could you maybe just talk about like how much is involved in being an actor in Los Angeles aside from the actual acting part? <laughs> Uh, wow. Uh, I mean, there's all these gatekeepers and, um, you know, that's why you're not going to see 
all you know when one of like one of my least favorite questions when i tell someone i'm an actor is like oh what have i seen you in and it's like well not much because i'm non-union and all the stuff you watch is most likely a union project and i can't get in the union unless i uh have a union so there's catch 22 it's like you can't be in the union without doing union work and you can't do union work without being in the union and um you know that's prevalent in multiple facets of acting all these catch-22s um you know you can't get guest star credits without a guest star credit and you can't get a guest star credit without a guest star credit or like you know it's all it's wild um i would say a lot of stuff that like goes into it is just like staying like in your heart, you know what you have to do to get where you want to be. Like, you know, in your heart, like I know, like I have like all of these things listed here that I know if I do these things, like I will be, I will break to another level of my career. But it, the hardest thing about being an actor is the things that I know I have to do in my heart require time. And I have to trade my time right now for currency to pay my bills so I can even stay alive out here. So like I lose a lot of time trying to just feed myself and stay alive. And uh, so I don't have all of the time that I'd like to spend doing all of the stuff that I'm pointing at right now that's on my like to-do list over here. Um, and that is, you know, the tragedy of being an artist is like, we could be so much better at our craft if we had more time to spend on it. That's why like a lot of the super famous artists had financiers. Um, like I'm pretty sure Michelangelo's brother was super rich and bought all his paint and, you know, made sure he was cool. And, you know, and like, and like a lot of, you know, a lot of the actors that you do see on TV had like a parent in the industry. And you know they and you know they were well off, and they had connections that they could just pass on. Um, so it's definitely hard, just like being a like, you know, like unrelated to the industry at all, and like coming in and just like grinding your way to the top. I don't really like using the word grinding because it's by definition it's like breaking things down and like pulverizing and breaking things down into smaller pieces. Um, you know, you're just thriving to the top, I guess, is a better use of word, because I definitely do believe, like, you have to be careful with the way you talk about things. Um, you know, the energy you put out with your words and your thoughts and your attitude is super important, especially as an actor, because it's easy to, like, you know, get bitter and plant the bitter tree that turns into a bitter forest uh you know so you gotta just be stoked like i personally as an actor i'm just happy to audition like i'm stoked every time i get an audition i'm super excited now that excitement wanes when i actually like read the sides <laughs> because sometimes like it's a story that i personally don't really want to tell 
And that's the thing. It's like we're storytellers. And that's one of the hardest things at this point in my acting career. It's like in the past, I would have just done every single audition and been like stoked to do it. Um, but now I'm kind of burnt out on that because like a lot of those auditions that I was doing, like I, they didn't really speak to me as an artist, as an actor. So um, now I'm a bit more picky, I guess. I still like, if I think that, I ha if I haven't auditioned in a while or I think that I would get something from an audition, even though it's like a story I don't really want to tell or, you know, poor writing, I still think it's important to put yourself on tape go through the motions of making definitive choices in the sides, dissecting the story, figuring out what's happening, where you are, and um, who you're talking to, your opinions, like that is all like a muscle that you're working. So it's good to just put that muscle, those muscles into use, even though it's like a story or sides or whatever that you might not be like super stoked on. Um, so definitely find myself, you know, just wanting to go through the motions of auditioning and just getting better at it, more definitive at it with, you know, sides that I don't really care about. And that's also empowering too. It's like, I don't care about this at all. So like, I find myself, you know, making stronger choices and like getting callbacks from that. So it's like, now it's like, well, I actually don't care about anything. <laughs> like I'm don't care. Like now I'm at a very like powerful point in my acting career where I actually don't care. You remind me to think Pacino said it. He said, even back when he was in New York doing all his auditions out there, he said, uh, you have to go to the audition expecting not to get it. Like you have to leave it being like, all right, probably didn't get it. And <laughs> just clear it out of your mind. Clear it out. Clear it out. Sometimes like I, I used to like, tell friends and family about like auditions and like, especially if they're on like bigger projects. Um, but now I try not to just because like, they'll be like, Oh, you probably got it. And they're like, Oh yeah. And it kind of gets you like, you know, a little excited <laughs> and then you don't get it. And then that's a letdown. So, and also they bring it back up. They're like, yeah. you know, my dad, like a week later. So I give you back from that. Place. <laughs> like, I'm like, no, dad, no, I haven't. <laughs> I probably won't. So, uh, you know, but, and definitely like one of the biggest thing, things as an actor is you got to find wins, you know, you got to find wins everywhere. Um, whether like they're just like you getting asked to submit an audition on a project or seeing the same casting director's name turn up in your inbox on actors access multiple times um you know getting a callback and doing a chemistry read those are all wins and they should put more wind in your sail um to keep you going further and you got to just like find your wins man whether it's in acting class whether you had a breakthrough with like you know, something that you're getting hung, hung up on, an emotional mark you couldn't hit, or a conceptual understanding of text or like how to do a certain technique, and you kind of like have a click moment, a light bulb moment, that's a win. That's a win. Um, so there's all these wins that you really have to focus on. There's a lot of L's, man. 
taking a ton of L's in this, but uh, I even I like the L's. Like I like I like the dubs. I like the L's. Um, I like auditioning. One of the things that's I guess frustrating is, um, and you I try not to think about it too much, but with self tapes, is you know you spend hours. I spend hours learning the dialogue and making the choices and calling a friend to come over and take time out of their day and drive across LA and trash traffic and help me with this self tape, you know, to read with me. And you spend all this money and time doing it because, you know, like I might have to like buy my friend lunch or they had to spend gas money to get to me, you know, whatever. And, you know, you do it and the casting director might not even watch it. They might not even watch it. Like they might watch 15 seconds and be like, yep, nope, or whatever. Um, so I'm definitely trying to do everything in my power to make my self-tapes as watchable as possible so they're not just watching 15 seconds. They might be watching more. Um, but still, it's up in the air. And that's why I like in-person auditions because, like, I can go in and, like, I know I have an audience. Like, I know you're going to watch me and you're going to see the hard work that I put in on this audition because I always, always do my, try to do my best. You know, and again as an actor in like, you know, this level of my career, um, I might not have as much time as I would have liked to put towards that audition. I probably had to work. And then after work, I was probably super exhausted. Uh, and maybe I didn't get right to work on the sides or maybe I was kind of half-heartedly doing them because of how drained I was from like, doing a job that you don't want to do, you know, like serving people their coffee or getting them their burritos and tacos or, you know, and whatever it is. So yeah, no, uh, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, you're, uh, it was in Jenna Fisher's book she wrote, I forgot the name of uh, the acting book she wrote. And then someone else had told me this out here that I didn't realize, which you'll know way more than me, but uh, they said casting directors have to get to know you. I'm like, what do you mean by that? They're like, you just don't get signed somewhere and you're just going to start booking. Now, does it happen? Of course, with some people, but like most people, like when you go to auditions and stuff, like casting directors um, get to know who you are. And Jenna Fisher, I know, she had been auditioning with this casting director for years and the casting director really liked her, but there just wasn't a role for her yet. She just hadn't found the right role. So it was nothing against her acting. It's just like, we just haven't found the right. But as soon as the office pilot came along, she's like, yes, called her in for it. And then obviously the rest is history. So yeah. those relationships, um, I, I never realized, yeah, I realized too, at least how many steps there were to this thing. Like, you know, yeah, I came out to LA, like, you just come out, you just start making movies, man. Like, <laughs> it's like, no, you got to, first of all, learn how to act. Second of all, <laughs> yeah. representation. Yeah. Then from the representation, you're going to start getting sent out, but you're probably not going to book much for a while because casting people don't know who you are. And, you know, it's just that, and yeah. I'll sum it all up. It just, I mean, and I know you're one of those people, you just got to love it, right? You just have to really love it. Yeah, have to love it. Um, 
Yeah, no, I, I've taken some time off and which I guess, I, like I said, is important uh, to do, uh, it, I believe. And now I'm like really itching to like get back on the horse and, you know, start churning out some auditions. Like I am, like, like I said, I started, you know, submitting today and yesterday I submitted um, and I'm ready. I just, you know, I also like my hair has changed <laughs> and I'm yeah. kind of, so I uh, have to update my headshots, but so I'm like, you know, not really like confidently submitting to these projects just because my looks a little changed, but you know, whatever, again, I'm non-union, so it doesn't really like, it's not a, like that big of a deal. And I believe you should stay non-union for as long as you feel necessary. And a lot of us, we get ambitious and feel like, you know, it's, it's time. The universe knows. And, but definitely try to stay on this level as long as possible and make as many mistakes down here where it doesn't really matter, where you can learn and you can learn about your instrument. Um, and I'm going to go back to taking the break that I took. That's one thing that I learned just being out here is like, I get exhausted. I get spread thin, I get dry and like I have to push to like hit an emotional mark and that doesn't look good on camera. So know your instrument, know when it's time to just like take breaks and do things that you know are going to refill your tanks. And uh, that's massive. That That's huge. Self-care, man. Self-care. Yeah. And before I transition to all that self-care and that type of thing, I got to give you a shout out. I'll never forget the moment at Playhouse West One Act Festival, Jesse Malone, which is a <laughs> phenomenal production. Shout out to all of you involved in that. Andrew. Well, that moment where you made that appearance on stage, Mr. Wednesday, was that was it your name or something like that? Yeah, no, yeah. And yeah. I guess I mean, people would have to see it to know, but like, dude, I just remember like, just like, it was crazy because like, Cause that's when we were both in advance and like I had been with you in beginning and like seeing our, both of our journeys. And then like seeing you, first of all, like the impact, like first of all, just visually, I'm like, Whoa, this guy. And then like, and then the actual scene that took place with that, I'm just like, dude, you freaking killed it, man. <laughs> you freaking killed it. I'm like, get that guy on a, a sitcom or something. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, uh, you were, you found the thing. Like that was, awesome <laughs> yeah no that was a i mean uh my heart's broken uh just because we were working on like a full length of that play and before the pandemic mm. and we were you know pretty close to ready and then the pandemic happened shut everything down and we've been like kind of working on it here and there during lockdown and you know, the pandemic, uh, and we've gotten really, really close to putting it up. But then like, by the time we're ready, it's winter and another surge happens, a new variant, a new blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and unfortunately, like we have to stay safe and yeah, it's like shut it down. So like my heart's been broken a few times, but yes, that role was sick super grateful for andrew i kind of came in last minute because they were like trying to play someone in this role and i remember like them talking about like yeah like who's gonna play mr wednesday and i'm like sitting there like 
Um, and then finally I got the nod, uh, shout out to, to Jay Red for it, um, is her idea apparently. And, you know, and I just, I get the cool thing about it is I'm like backstage the whole time and I just come out the last second of that one act and I just get to steal the show. You steal, you literally steal the show. Like I steal the show. <laughs> I laughed out loud when that I got it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was super fun. I love making people laugh. So that was uh, you know, very enjoyable for me as an artist. Um But yeah, dude, fucking shout out to you, man. We shared a block during the one act festival. I was just thinking that as we're talking, and we did you uh you know, you you and Ford crushed it, dude. You guys like I was super sour that like we shared a block because I wanted to see that that one act really bad. I mean, I would hear it and I would same you know, here. Like, I would hear yours, you and more. Yeah, <laughs> you I was like more. you know pr be preparing for my neck that last one act, which was like a doozy, um, and just like ah, I wanted to see you guys so bad. I had a few friends come and you know obviously watch. Uh, and they, and like, I was like, yeah, so which one was your favorite? And like expecting them to be like, yeah, the, like yours, dude, totally. And they're like, man, that one with the, the Wild West one, like that one was Moonshine. I'm like, yeah, cool, man. Thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> but I can't really blame them, you know? Um, dude, I was talking to Wolf, Wolf on the podcast and, uh, I, I think I said it during the podcast. I am so glad I did those one X, especially not knowing what was to come with the pandemic mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because man, like, and Wolf would always preach the feeling of the stage. And like I, the one, and when you do the scene showcases, they were great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But the one X man, when we had the tents back there, you know, it's the blocks and it's just like, you know, our block filled with people and like and there's all these other blocks and everyone's there. And like, you, I, I'll never forget, like you can literally, you could feel the vibration from backstage. Like, cause it was packed. Yeah. Wolf's yeah. getting the crowd pumped up and I'm just like, oh, that's what he's talking about when it comes to like the stage and the energy. Nothing like it, man. Oh man, yeah, live so, theater, once dude. Once in a lifetime experience to like live just be theater. lucky to have that. Like it was great. Yeah, live theater is like, um, you know, people are always like, "Yo, so, will you like theater or like blah blah blah?" And like I, I like all of it because I'm an actor. I love. I'm in a film town, so I obviously like. I'm trying to dial in all my you know abilities for, for film which is like a whole learning curve and growing pains doing that. I feel like I'm in a pretty good place now, but man, live theater, dude, it's like, it's like crack. It's like heroin. I just like, give it to me, baby. Uh, dude, because like there is nothing, nothing like being in the moment and like going through, you know, your reality and and then you just hear like gasps or like laughter or like, you know, the audience reaction and just like, it's all in the moment. If you make a mistake, like you gotta like stick that. And uh, yeah, no dude, um, I'm super grateful for live theater and I can't wait to get back on stage, dude. Yeah. Well, when you guys are putting that up, 
I'll be there. <clears throat> Excuse me, Jesse oh, yeah. Malone. Yeah. <laughs> Continued. Yeah. 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 Um, I wanted to transition here because obviously, uh, and are you still good on time? Yeah, no, we're good. Okay, cool. Because I, I know you're one of those people, man, where we could go for five hours. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, wanted to transition a little bit into fitness, if we will, because you know, yeah. one of those guys. That's one thing at Playhouse. Like, you know, we talk acting stuff, and then all of a sudden, you and I are talking about intermittent fasting. <laughs> uh, you know, you you taught me about uh, taking gummies after you work out. Mm. Because of the sugar spike, or what was the yeah. reason for that again? Like you, your muscles uh, filled with glucose, or yeah, you, glycogen gets depleted during strenuous activity um, in your from your liver, so you're just kind of replacing it. And then by spiking your insulin, you get better nutrient absorption. Um, so, say you have a protein shake and you spike your insulin, like your body's going to absorb a bit more of that protein. Um, so, yeah, and it's just also gummies <laughs> also gummy bears and sour worms you know very good i like them but yeah that's uh that's kind of the science behind it is you know replenish your glycogen you you're you are more anabolic you know so are you still do you still do fasting do you still experiment um, with that so no yes and no um I definitely am due for like a three day fast for sure. Like a water fast and like broth, whatever kind of can keep me going. Um, but I stopped intermittent fasting because <clears throat> what happens is your body is kind of in a fight or flight kind of mode when you're fasted. And, um, you get a lot of adrenaline, like your body's basically running on adrenaline. And like I drink coffee in the morning, so I'm intermittent fasting, so I'm not eating. I'm drinking coffee, which is also like taxing your adrenal glands. And so I found myself, my adrenal glands were like shot. They were toast from just living in LA, going to acting class multiple times a week. And that also is like inducing a serious like sy sympathetic nervous system reaction you know like your fight or flight is like kicked on when you're about to go up for like you know your active like your exercise like your heart's beating you've got adrenaline going um and that happens throughout the day just living in la like you're driving down the street someone cuts you off and you're like ah you know so like um so I found that like my adrenal glands were done. They were done. So I was having like really bad sympathetic nervous system. Like, like it was hard for me to turn that off. Mm. And that's like your fight or flight part. You have your automatic nervous system, like just like that, like, you know, it's just like breathing and your heart beating, all the things that you don't really have to think about and they just go you want to be more in like that state which is a very like relaxed state good you know you are in your cave there's no animals trying to kill you or whatever you know back in primitive days but um yeah so the sympathetic nervous system was just running non-stop and when you've lived here long enough and you're doing that it, it gets taxed and like i started feeling the 
the effects of it pretty bad. Um, like I can't smoke weed anymore because I get like a gnarly anxiety from it. And I'm pretty sure that's because of like just how taxed my adrenal glands were. It's just like one more thing that my adrenal glands have to deal with giving me like a gnarly sympathetic, which is fine. Like weed is like, you know, I was using weed to escape like a, like in a lot of times in my life and like right, especially right now I need to be here present in the moment doing all of the things that I need to do, trying to accomplish like an impossible feat um, in multiple different facets. So don't really care about that. But it's just like, it, it's just like kind of like what happened and like the one act festival. Uh, <clears throat> so that was one of those situations where like I was giving myself anxiety, like thinking of the future and like how things were going to happen and like what was like blah, blah, blah. And I've been on stage a lot before that. Like I've done theater, like a lot of theater. And, um, and I ended up going to the hospital, man. Like I thought I was having a heart attack. At the One Act Fest you did? Uh, like, a, like a week before, maybe wow. two weeks before. And it's because of just like intermittent fasting for like a perfect storm. And uh, I had a panic attack and uh, I'd never had a panic attack and it felt a lot like what I would imagine a heart attack would feel like. Um, and it was like right before I went to bed, uh, I like laid down and I'm like on, it's like two in the morning and I'm like on the verge of sleep, basically like about to be like sleeping. And it just felt like a ghost reached into my chest and like squeezed my heart really hard and then let go. And I and like, it woke me up and I was like, Oh my God, like, what was that? Like, Whoa, like it was like, you know, and then like you get a lot of anxiety because you're like, like, am I going to die? <laughs> like, what was that? Your vision goes like, and it's like, like literally like vision was fading. And, uh, and like I calm myself down, I drink some water, I take some CBD, and then I go like lay back down, and I'm on the verge of sleep again. And it happens again, and so I'm like, oh my god, like I can't go to sleep, I'm gonna die, and like, like you know, no one's gonna check on me, and I'm just gonna be like rotting in here. So like I like went outside, walked around my neighborhood, Van Nuys, uh, like 2 a.m. and you know, and like my heart just was like fluttering and felt super weird. So I was like, I gotta go to the hospital. Like I'm not gonna like collapse here and like die on the sidewalk. Um, Cause that's where I was at. Like it was like, I'd never, like, I don't know. I didn't know what was happening. It was very weird. So then uh, <clears throat> I went to the ER, <laughs> drove myself to the ER, checked myself in, told him like what happened. And you know, I got an EKG I got, you know, like, like they checked my blood pressure and put me up to the boop, boop mm. machine and uh, ran the EKG, which is basically checking like the electromagnetic field that is like the battery that like pump, like gets your heart going. And if they're like checking to see if there's something wrong with that battery, you know, the electromagnetic field that, you know, people call it your aura or you know, it's this field of energy that is us. And um, 
So they check that with the machine. They're like, all right, the results are, you know, being sent to the doctor. Uh, just relax. Like we're watching your monitor at the nurse station. So, you know, you're in good hands. And uh, so I'm laying there in this hospital in the ER in Sherman Oaks. And um, the doctor comes in. He's like, all right. So we got your EKG here. And like they did like a blade, took blood work and everything. And like, uh, EKG is totally normal. Like no sign of a heart attack. You, you know, your blood pressure is fine. Every, like blood work was pretty normal. You have low potassium though. Um, so they gave me like a horse pill of potassium to take. And I guess like if you have low potassium, that can actually cause heart arrhythmia like hmm. irregular heartbeat and things like that um but i don't think but it wasn't like the low potassium i mean that could have been a factor but he's like yeah so like like what's changed in your life it's like are you taking new medication new supplements like like what is some like was this something happened and i'm like no like everything's normal uh i am an actor though and i'm doing this one act festival and i'm kind of so he's like oh you're an actor and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm an actor. He's like, no wonder. Uh, I'm going to prescribe you a Xanax and like just take the Xanax and like you'll, you know, we'll see what happens. And so like, I took the Xanax and like was fine. Like I felt great after, like totally chilled. And that's like instantly? Like, like, well, within like, you know, once it like was bioavailable and like in my bloodstream, like pretty fast. And so I was like, that's when I, it kind of clicked like, okay, this is like an anxiety, this was an anxiety thing. And um, so I now with the knowledge that I've accumulated to like present day, I think that definitely there are multiple factors, but I think intermittent fasting was a huge factor and like drinking coffee, like a ton of coffee while fasting was just taxing my adrenal glands. And when your adrenal glands are messed up, like it can cause like panic attacks and, you know, just like a, like your sympathetic nervous system is just firing at all times. So. It's funny you mentioned that because I, you remind me, I actually quit coffee a month before the one X. Cause I'm like, I got to get off. Cause I, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, I can't do moderation when it comes to like especially caffeine like i would not have one glass in the morning i was drinking a pot before i walked out the door and you know i drive around for work all day I, I then i would go get uh an afternoon pick me up from starbucks two bucks black coffee nothing in it just pure black coffee just, and i realized quickly like hmm this isn't good because now i'm conditioning my body to depend on these stimulants and i'm I, and dude to this day I've told people my my caffeine withdrawals that first month right before the one X, they were horrific, and it's a lot of kind of what you described. I, I actually had a couple moments where I thought I might need to go to the ER because like you, you feel like you're going psychotic, like you feel like you're going <laughs> into, like it just it's not even like you're psychotic. It's just you're overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just overwhelmed yeah. and like you just start feeling like like everything's coming down on you. Yeah. And I realize I'm like, no, it's the it's this caffeine withdrawal. <laughs> like my body's <laughs> used to feeding it this substance that I'm no longer giving it. Yeah. It's in a, I mean, it's a powerful tool medicine, but you know, when abused, it can become a problem. And I definitely 
like you was abusing it um was relying heavy on it for energy and it doesn't actually create energy no it just tricks your body into thinking that it's not tired anymore yeah. so and it causes like adrenaline and uh you know things like this and when you're in a fasted state your body is creating adrenaline too to like keep you going and that's what helps also burn fat and that's why mm -hmm. coffee also helps burn fat because you're boosting your you know your adrenaline and certain metabol you know metabolic things um yeah uh and i can and people are like oh you don't drink coffee how do you wake up in the morning I'm like i wake up and yeah there's there's some mornings where yeah it takes me like you know a good 20 25 minutes you know get my warm water with the lemon and you know you get <laughs> meditating get that but dude within like 30 35 i'm i'm energized yeah i mean it's, it's amazing I, natural energy natural yeah. energy from sleep and just eating healthy foods and working i mean dude you know this like eat clean <laughs> get sleep <laughs> drink water uh it really goes a long way like it, long. it takes you very far like yeah. the other stuff the supplements and stuff yeah they're great but that that's your foundation you gotta have that foundation have to um i mean i still drink coffee i just don't i definitely have more you know in moderation I'm, i have one cup a day now today i had two cups which it hadn't done that in a long time and it was i made sure it was a small cup um, but I like coffee in the morning because I like the taste of it. I like the smell of it. I like drinking a hot beverage. I mean, I could switch to something else, but I also find that I take collagen in my coffee, mm. um, in the morning and it just mixes really well in the coffee and, uh, and I get an extra like 18 grams of protein. And it's oh like, I, I don't even know I'm getting it. Like it's in my, I'm going to drink this coffee anyways. So, you know, I'm putting this collagen in it, collagen powder, and it's putting 18 grams of protein in this beverage that I'm already going to be drinking. And uh, so it's a quick, cause like when you are working out, you know, you want to be hitting your macros and protein is one of the most important ones to hit. And so an extra hit, 18 20 grams that you barely even notice is tremendous for your gains um so yeah man i like and it's good for you know your skin uh for your hair your nails apparently not i don't know but you know your body breaks it down into amino acids anyways and then decides what to do with those amino acids you know so it's not like it's turning like being broken down and then being put back into collagen i'd like to think that it's like easier to go back into collagen but that's not based in science um but they say you know it's protein though i'm getting protein it's not necessarily like i'm taking it because it's good for my skin and my hair and my nails i'd like to think that that is an outcome but i'm pretty sure it's been debunked but it's definitely an extra 18 grams of protein. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, I've definitely been, don't skip the protein. That's one yeah. thing I've noticed when I, when I keep my protein consistent, the gains stay consistent. Yeah. Um, 
uh, one quick there's and there's a couple more topics I wanted to touch on real quick yeah, yeah, here, yeah. Uh, with you but um, how, how many days a week you lifting now these days um so I didn't lift for uh, like two months during the holidays like I went to Mexico you know it was Christmas it was Thanksgiving blah 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 um then I got COVID, but that's you know uh, we'll get to that yeah but uh now that i'm back on like full-blown like fitness and like gym regimen i'm going three days i'm doing like a block of three days and i'm doing a program that's push pull legs um so i do legs then i do you know push workouts and then pull workouts and i'm going pretty heavy like like heavier than I usually have gone just because like that's what the workout calls for. So I find myself pretty sore on that, you know, that fourth day so that I will take a rest day and then I'll go back in for the second round of push pull legs for that week. So I'm kind of doing, I guess five days a week, but it's kind of like, I'm just, I'm doing it. Does, like to me, it doesn't like, it's just in, I would do three days, rest day three days rest day. and obviously like if something comes up i might not be able to go to the gym that day but i try my hardest to make sure i get in there and work my schedule around it those rest days are, I, I never realized how important the rest days really are extremely yeah. one of like the uh, like one of my most jacked friends like absolutely jacked from like really good friend in high school he went to the same college as me remember he told me he's like look ryan your rest days are more important than the days you're on at the gym it's wow. like they are more important and when he said that to me and like it kind of like took my fitness to another level because they are more important you have to make sure you're taking care of yourself, recovering, getting your macros, getting like even more calories that day and just like chilling and like not feeling bad about not going to the gym because now, because they're actually really important because like before that I'd be like, oh man, like uh, I want to go to the gym, but your body needs those rest days. It needs to recover. It needs to rebuild and because you're breaking it down and it's got to be rebuilt. So um, unless you're doing like, you know, enhancing drugs, chances are you're not recovering as fast. So um, it's okay to take like a week off once in a while, right? Like just, yeah, it might actually be beneficial. No, yeah. I remember we talked in like, you know, your break because you had the injury. Like mm -hmm. I also like, you know, took like, because gyms were closed uh, because of COVID and, you know, took a long time off as just doing home workouts and bike riding and I noticed that it was really good and like the gains come back really fast the muscle memory the recomposition happens really fast like the body is this yeah, crazy it's amazing um, so yeah no the week the week off is super important the two weeks off even though like almost two months I ended up taking off I didn't want to take two months off but um, it just happened and like it, like it, it's important it's important like you like sometimes are lifting with injuries and you're working around injuries and that time off because like you are like 
going ham in the gym, like you might be a little injured after one day. Um, you might have like, you know, pulled the muscle or did a little ligament strain, you know, strained a ligament. Um, and now you're working around these, these injuries. Uh, you're still going to the gym. You're still getting good gains. You're still, you know, progressing, but you still have like a little bit of pain, maybe in a shoulder or a part of your body that you're trying to work around And those weeks off, definitely allow your body to finally heal that stuff. Yeah, no, and I actually experienced that firsthand. Obviously, my leg was extremely hurt, mm. but some nagging injuries that I had that just never went away. Like just like you said, because I'm like, well, I wasn't going to take a month off at the gym. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's not going to happen. But yeah. it was. I did notice, like, huh, those are gone now. My leg's still where it is, but it's like uh, as that's recovering. I'm like, but no, yeah, those man, maybe all I needed was like some extended rest <laughs> from that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, uh, yeah, I'm doing, before this workout, I was doing a upper body, lower body split, mm -hmm. um, where you do upper body one day in like every muscle group in your upper body and lower body. And then, so you, and it was a six days a week program and, you know, and, uh, by the end of that program, I was able to go six days a week with like good recovery. Cause it's all kind of spaced out and it's all volume based because that's kind of where the science is at basically like yes lifting super heavy is great and you can see a lot of gains but like i will have like if say you're lifting super heavy like doing like three to six reps um and i'm doing maybe not as heavy i'm still going close to muscle muscle failure but i'm not like taxing everything totally like just trashing my muscles with super heavy weight I'm going, you have to take a rest day because you're probably pretty messed up mm. that next day or for a couple of days after I'm not, and I'm going those other days. So at the end of the year, if you're looking on like a spreadsheet, how many times I went to the gym and had, how many minutes my muscles were under strenuous loads opposed to yours, like I'm way up here. I pushed way more weight than you did. So volume workouts while mixing like in, you know, the weight, but not doing too heavy is where the science is kind of at right now for hypertrophy. Hyper, I can never say that word. Yeah. Hypertrophy, hypertrophy. I, I think Tim Ferriss one time, like he, I haven't read his book, the, I don't know if it, uh, I don't want to misquote it. The whatever body book he wrote. I watched the thing where like he went to the gym. It was like something like once a week or twice a week for like 20 minutes. That's it. And he yeah. just did like these really, it was hard lifts. Yeah. Not like maxing out, but like kind of what you just described, like just really solid uh, lifts and stuff. And like he was jacked. No, there's science behind that too, because you actually are creating a very positive uh, response with your with your testosterone mm. doing that. Like when you're in the gym, like two hours, like your body starts to go kind of catabolic and like test levels can drop and you need testosterone to build muscle. Mm. That's why like men are much bigger than women because we have way more testosterone. And um, just because of that fact alone, we can have bigger muscles like all, and now that like I know more about 
anabolics and all of these things just because like I'm you know I want to research everything that has to do with bodybuilding and exercise science everyone on Instagram I would say probably 98% of these fitness models and people that you're looking at on IG are on drugs they're all on drugs especially the women because women cannot get like that without androgynous hormones like you know test or taking probably anavar is what they're taking um it's a very female safe uh steroid it doesn't like in lower doses you can get good results without getting the deepening of the voice and some you know negative side effects some unwanted sides from taking an anabolic when you shouldn't have those levels of you know testosterone in your body because you're a female um but yeah so everyone's on steroids that's what i figured out <laughs> uh, for the gram well it's funny because you mentioned two things now that were the last two things i wanted to cover with you for a little bit because you and i always talk about like taking social media breaks like how yeah. it's all bullshit <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, and then also you did recently have your own COVID experience and yeah um i don't know which one we want to go with with that maybe 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 the COVID experience uh yeah so you 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 got you had it what was yeah, it like i got COVID. I'm, I'm happy you're okay i'm really happy yeah, okay. i'm good and i'm super grateful i'm i'm okay too it's um you know it seems to you, you're like one yes the comorbidities play in a huge factor and you know the severity of your illness but there's people that are perfectly healthy that get severely ill and wind up in the er in the hospital in a covid ward so you know i am grateful that that didn't happen and luckily i caught you know omicron like it was very recent it was in you know december mid-december when i got it and it was definitely omicron because of the symptoms, because of where I felt it in my body, in the upper respiratory system, you know, the sore throat, the sinus stuff, uh, all indicative of it being the Omicron strain. Lungs never felt tight, never felt like I, you know, couldn't breathe or had low oxygen, which is definitely another indication of it being Omicron and not the Delta strain. So, and it seems to, you know, with the data we have be less severe because it's not multiplying in the lung tissue it's much more efficient in you know the upper respiratory system so and that's one reason why it's also more contagious because it's right there in your throat breathing it out um but you know if i've been sicker in my life i guess like food poisoning has like like messed me up and i'm pretty sure i got COVID at the beginning of the pandemic and that was pretty like whatever i had like early on before lockdowns um was rough uh so yeah i mean i've been sicker it wasn't fun like i wouldn't wish like anyone catches COVID um just because like i had you know like i had body aches chills low-grade fever I broke the fever. I didn't want to take any Tylenol because I wanted to break the fever naturally. 
Um, so I kind of knew when my body, like where I was at with the virus, when you're taking Tylenol, it's going to reduce it um, and you're not going to break it naturally. And that fever is like your body's way of burning out the virus. So you almost want the fever. Um, I was just monitoring it. <clears throat> and yeah, it felt like I, I was kind of like hit by a truck, man. Uh, like body hurt really bad. Um, but not like unbearable. Like when I took a Tylenol, it felt like I felt way better. Um, and yeah, it was about probably a 72 hour ordeal. First day was pretty rough, gnarly headache, you know, chills, body aches, low grade fever. Second day I broke the fever, um, but still had body aches and a bit chilly. And then, you know, third day, was mostly just like the the achy and like sore joints, achy feeling. And then the fourth day I lost my smell. Um, could still taste, but not very well. Like everything was kind of bland. Um, everything, I could tell salty, sweet, spicy, savory, sour kind of stuff, but you know, it wasn't, there weren't very, it wasn't very vibrant. Is very muted flavors and uh, man, losing my smell that was wild. That was very weird. I gotta say, extremely weird because you just can't smell anything. And like, I'm taking like Tiger Balm, which has got a lot of like um, mint in it, and it's like it burns your nose. It's very like minty and like I'm like sticking my nose in and like inhaling through my nose and nothing and like no like like the bur no burn nothing and uh, it was very weird and I remember when I started smelling again man that was that was really good it was like two days after so it wasn't I didn't lose it for that long um, full you know made a full re I'm fully recovered. I don't imagine that I'll have any long COVID symptoms. Uh, brain fog was definitely a symptom though. Like I felt pretty stupid. Mm. Maybe like a little lingering, like word recall isn't as great as it should be. Um, I know during this podcast, like I was, like there's a couple of times of like, huh, what's that word trying in the moment, trying to dump a, a sweet word out and <laughs> lost it. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, uh, you know, everyone's going to get COVID. This strain of coronavirus is wildly infectious. Um, you know, they're saying it's like measles, which is gnarly. There's a story of like, um, <clears throat> this like professional, you know, like decades ago, there a baseball game a kid had measles and like sang the national anthem and a bunch of like children watching the game in the nosebleeds like super far away caught measles because no the wind like perfectly like brought it up to like that section holy shit yeah um insanely infectious and they're saying it's like that so Jesus. yeah um 
everyone and we're seeing it i mean just look at the numbers yeah like, i guess you're right on that yeah like we broke a million cases in a day so like when and this is and it's a very good thing actually i mean it's not good that people are going to get coronavirus and you know some people might not make it um but you know rip uh but it's a good thing because it's so infectious it's going to move through the population and we are going to reach herd immunity very fast and i gotta say everyone who caught it with me was all you know vaccinated so it doesn't care about your vaccine status may like a booster might help i don't know um but like with that being said you know everyone's going to catch it and everyone's going to have natural immunity and it's going to make its way through the population it's hopefully going to burn itself out and you're the perfect guy to ask this to you know you know when they say talk about herd immunity and whatnot i mean is that pretty much the concept that once everyone has been exposed to it or had it that this thing can no longer do anything unless it uh, turns into a different strain or would it be like once you've hit herd immunity, no, like it's good no matter what, you know, morphs into? This strain has got a ton of mutations. And I. Mutation, that was the word I was <laughs> thinking. Yeah, of. I can't imagine like another strain that's like mutated in a way that's t like so different from this one to where like our body can't recognize it. Um, but it seems that because it's happening so fast and we find that like our antibodies are at their highest point you know six months after infection that it will probably spread through the population within six months fully through the population or majority so like while everyone has these antibodies and has had this infection it just like can't reinfect hopefully you know in theory and it just kind of goes away um in in theory again uh so but yeah it's it's seems like it's the end of the pandemic and in you know historically viruses tend to mutate and become less lethal and um you know and they it might just live in our population and as an endemic virus and just you know have little outbreaks here and there um but by then we will be, it'll be much more manageable through therapeutics and different ways of, you know, combating the infection. Like we're pretty good now at, you know, with like the monoclonal antibodies and the vaccine and like all the stuff we have at our disposal to keep people off ventilators and, you know, alive. And again, like we touched, on this and multiple times in this podcast and in the beginning is the number one thing is to be healthy is to eat good food get your micro and macronutrients and drink water and get sunlight and don't be stressed like you know combat the stress and breathe you know go on walks breathe air and you know that is always going to be the number one way to stay out of the hospital. Period. Stay with every anything, cancer, um, you know, any adverse health 
you know, thing is just by eating good food, which is honestly medicine and, uh, you know, relieving stress and drinking water. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and there's certain vitamins I take now that I wasn't taking before all this. I'm like, man, I should have been taking these years ago. Like I, I should have been taking vitamin D like years ago. Why wasn't I <laughs> like, uh zinc and you know uh corsetin and things like that it's like man these these are just good to have in the wheelhouse anyway period yeah because that's the thing too is there's other stuff out there too there's other things uh i mean my leg injury taught me that and again i, I have full respect for covid and you know it's the seriousness of it but it's like my leg injury reminded me like uh there's more than one way you can get messed up <laughs> it was like so it just it gave me that awareness of like all right you got to really this is, you know, this is it, man. This body is the only one you get. Like, take care of it. Take care of it. Take care of it and be cautious. Make smart decisions. And sometimes, yes, accidents happen. But do as much as you can to put yourself in the best position for, God forbid, something does happen, your body's able to handle it, hopefully, in a better way. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, I mean, you look like you've done pretty well, you know. Yeah, definitely. definitely um, chest honestly, is still I, there. Huh? Your chest is still there. I can Actually, I uh, wore this T-shirt on purpose because uh, <laughs> I knew you'd be on the podcast. <laughs> 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 I, uh, but no, I mean, I mean, I can't stress enough. I told you this, you know, before you know, we were on the phone the other day. Going back to that weight room, and I, I've just always been a gym rat in that sense, like when it came, when, once I was exposed to the weight room and everything. And I mean, dude, there's nothing like, and I know, you know, the feeling Oh yeah, having a good energized yeah. weight workout. And I love wrapping it up. I do cardio for bikes, my cardio now. So doing bike at the end, I, I you just feel on cloud nine. You just feel super energized, super good. Your blood's pumping, your brain's like on a new level. Um, I love it, <laughs> yeah. but I have to understand too. Like you can't, you should. Sometimes you can't go that hard every day. Like you know, sometimes you gotta throw a rest day. And I yeah. have been doing that a lot more. Like I yeah, I've definitely been a bit, a bit better with my recoveries. Um, you know, lacrosse ball and foam rolling and things like that. Just uh, kind of you know breaking out the lactic acid and uh, to touch on your. So you ride the bike at the end of your workout. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would just suggest you keep it very low intensity. Why is that? Um, because you can lose gains. You're telling me cardio can kill your gains at the yeah. end? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, no, it's actually good. So you'll usually like see like the most jack guy at the gym doing, you know, cardio after he worked out, mm -hmm. but he's always walking on the treadmill. Yeah. Or stairmaster. We're doing like a, a stairmaster, but not very like intense. So doing actually sustained low intensity cardio is fantastic. But that's just it. Low intensity and like a good sustained period of time is the type of cardio you should be doing post workout because you can lower your test level. And again, testosterone, like you want to keep your natural level is as high as possible because that's what's mm. going to keep you anabolic and building muscle and you know your recovery is better and everything's like that so um 
you know, and as you get older, you definitely want to be taking care of those hormones. So that's, uh, oh, thank you for that. That's something I, <laughs> yeah, no, ride the bike, but just like, she like, you know, just do like a, like a little cruisy cruise. Don't go like crazy. Cream. Now, no, Dave, no. if you go into the gym specifically doing cardio, then that's a different story, right? Like if I'm going like, hey, today's I'm just going to do cardio today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can and you can do like a morning session of cardio and like as long as like there, I'm pretty sure there's like multiple hours between. Oh, I see what you're saying. Training is is good. And I do know that high intensity interval training is good after a workout but that's because it's super high intensity and in short and it won't actually really mess with your you know your hormones and turn you catabolic so if you're hitting the bike either do it slow and for a good amount of time like 15 20 minutes maybe even 30 um or do like you know the 30 second like just all out, all out, all out, all out on the bike. And then like a 15 second, just like very like, you know, slow, chill. And then 15, then another like 40 seconds of like going all, you know, the in high, the H, the hit that you can do on a bike. Wow. Thank you for that. That's actually pretty relevant. And I, I actually have a bike here too. So it might make more sense for me to do that bike prior to going to the gym even. Yeah. Like in the morning, like, you know, have your lemon water, yeah. like do a nice little bike ride and, uh, and then just, you know, crush your workout. Damn. Thank you for that. See, look, I've already, I've learned so much <laughs> during this conversation. And, uh, one other quick thing as we're getting to the end here, cause I know we'll keep going. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about social media these days? <laughs> Is it, it, it's just gotten way worse, hasn't it? I mean, it's just like, because you, so it can be positive. Yeah. Um, it definitely can. It just depends on like how you're using it and how the, in the algorithm and how it's picking up on your habits on the, on the app because it's designed to keep you on the app. 100%. And, uh, so I've been like super into cryptocurrency and like, figuring out how to like not work anymore. <laughs> so like I'm trying to like not work anymore. And I think that crypto is going to definitely help me do that. And uh, so because of like my infatuation with investing in crypto, like Instagram now shows me like all these new NFT projects and like different cryptos and like, you know, information like that, like a lot of videos on on that end, but still it's a waste of time. Like I can, I can find all these things out without staring and getting locked in on my phone and in my screen. One of my goals is to like, because like, as you know, my Instagram's like, I've shut it down. Yeah. Wiped it. And I've just been like, you know, I'm still like picky, like, cause I'm a, like, it's addicting. Like I do like to check in and watch stories and see what my friends are doing. Definitely, you know, like probably, stop doing that again for like another solid two months like fully off of it um but one of my to-do lists is to like get more content for when i do come back on instagram and like mm. do that project that mm. i am planning on doing and believe that it 
I mean, it's something that I will find fun for me because like at the end of the day, it's like, do what you want to do period with everything. So it's going to be like a fun little thing for me. And, uh, you know, and, but yeah, like, I mean, it's a, it's a tool that can progress you or it can, you know, set you back. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. It's, uh, a tool, like you said, like, you know, like for this podcast, we're going to post a, Hey, Ryan was on the podcast and then the podcast is going to come out. Then we're going to do a little video clip. But other than that, man, I've been posting and ghosting, like just, uh, just think Joe Rogan came up with that post and ghost, <laughs> like, you know, just do what you got to do on there. Then get the hell off. That's what I'm, that's it like, sucks you the hell in. If you stay on. Like, yeah. When I, when I get back on there and I start posting again, it's going to be posting ghosts. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, one thing that I do want to say is like, I've like, you know, back on like health and fitness. So like I started taking this supplement called Tergesterone. Uh-huh. Uh, and like, I'm noticing like now that I've been, and I've only been like back on like, you know, weight training for two and a half weeks. I'm like yeah basically like two and a half weeks maybe a little less and i'm like already noticing some like solid some definitely positive uh outcomes is this just a basic supplement you can order off amazon no uh (laughs) no what Um, is it might be able to get it off uh amazon it i get it off of this website gorilla mind it's like oh uh, by uh derek from uh more yeah, plates more, more dates yeah he's he's sick i mean he's very knowledgeable. he knows his shit for sure that's the stuff so it's def- i've definitely been you know during the pandemic watching his videos and and he you know they've like started talking about this plant hormone like this plant steroid called tergesterone and ectosteroids um that like it's supposed to be like a low dose of D-ball, D-anabol, like a steroid. Like it's like compared, like a, um, <clears throat> a Russian study, like a Soviet study found it, like did, you know, testing and found that it was like very comparable to Dianabol. And it had a lot of positive, uh, you know, benefits without negative side effects. So, uh, you know, it's a, for me, it's like, like I want, like steroids are like one, you look like pretty gross when you like are just like running gear and like, you know, it's bad for like your hair, your liver, your organs, all these things. So, but definitely wanted to find a natural way to get an edge in at the gym. And I think this is like, you know, through anecdotal like experience people talking about it and doing it and like reporting back that like it does work dude and i'm like i'm like like strength wise aesthetically like everything yeah everything and it's only been like i mean i had started taking it like mid-december like when i first went to the gym but then i got covid but while i was you know dealing with coronavirus i was still obviously taking all my supplements and i was taking like one of the pill pills of tergesterone just to like keep the like the bio levels in my body like 
like there. So it's not like I'm just like dropping off and then coming back on. It's kind of like going like this and then maintaining. And then when I started working out again, I could get back up to where I wanted to be. Um, so still taking it. And so it's been like maybe four weeks of like taking it, but definitely two, two and a half of like a higher dose. And yeah, no recovery is way better like my shoulder like my shoulders like which typically can like stay sore for like a couple of days or like i'm ready to go almost the next day wow another shoulder session and uh no yeah i think i think it's sick i'm gonna have to look into that one it's all natural right it's natural yeah and it doesn't mess with your hormones it doesn't mess with your hair it doesn't mess with like the only side effect that has really been reported is um upset stomach and i haven't noticed that at all um it's kind of expensive like actually pretty expensive but uh i mean i'm gonna run it for probably eight weeks and uh because like some people who have taken it said like after eight weeks you know it's kind of diminishing diminishing returns at that point like you don't really get any of the effects anymore. So I'm going to definitely run it for eight weeks and uh, see what happens. But I'm a hard gainer, man. And like a lot of people on YouTube and in fitness forums have said the same thing. And they were able to put on like almost like they gain like five pounds. Wow. And it's up in the air whether or not that's five pounds of lean tissue. It could be like some water weight and some fat and things like that. But even to like half of that two and a half pounds which is more realistic is a lot in eight weeks like especially as like an advanced like like someone who's been lifting for a while and like doesn't have newbie gains anymore so we're gonna see man yeah well maybe in part two whenever we do this again you'll have an update yeah, no, I'll have an update. <laughs> Maybe I'll just like keep running it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, definitely, uh, you know, try it. Okay. Try cool. it. And you can get that from Gorilla Mind. Yeah. It mis- I would honestly especially try it in your position. The reason why I definitely wanted to take it is because of how long it's like I took basically two months off mm-hmm. and I wanted some help with the recovery. I wanted to recover faster. I didn't want to like have like start this like, you know, more intense workouts and like have to take multiple days off. I wanted to be able to get back in and get back to like where I was faster and like pushing like heavy weight. And it's definitely seems to be like doing exactly that. Awesome. man. Yeah. I I love having these talks with you because you've, you've hit me to a lot of different things. Uh, I think I already told you what I do for pre-workout. Um, I've said it on the podcast before. I think his name's Omari Surf or something like that on Instagram. Uh, he has a lot of good stuff, but he had, cause I used to take the pre-workouts, which of course have caffeine and a bunch of other crap in it. You don't need, mm-hmm. uh, you want to talk about having an anxiety attack, take too much pre-workout. I, I've had a couple times where I couldn't even, I had to leave. <laughs> like I took yeah. way too much. And uh, your body gets used to it and blah, blah, blah. But he had an awesome video where he broke down the main components you need, at least for what I use, creatine, citrulline malate, beta alanine, mm-hmm. those three things. That's what I use before every workout, no caffeine whatsoever, and I swear. 
especially because I'm not used to caffeine anymore, I get great pumps just from taking the actual ingredients. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it is, it is, and I'm, again, a lot of podcasts, I listen to all types of different stuff, but I do love, I have to shout out the uh, Mark Bell's Power Project. Those guys talk about gains all the time. Like, that's what they do. And it's, but it's fascinating because they get scientific with it and everything. And like, they're talking about, you know, carnivore diet and then carbs, but carbs may not be the enemy, like using carbs. Because I, I find like, shoot, man, I, as soon as I started incorporating sweet potatoes as my carbs, I've had, I don't know how many just explosive workouts from introducing yeah. that. It is amazing. Like when you use it correctly, like not all carbs are bad. Mm. And carbs are i remember the rock did a video one time he's like no carbs are your friend i mean that guy's super freaking jacked yeah like it's it, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater with everything um, everything in moderation like too many yeah. carbs yes but like yeah. you should have some carbs in your in your meal right now like i actually i've cut out like a lot of the carbs that i take during uh in my meals like i have carbs in the morning and try to get some carbs before uh my workout but in the evening i'll i'll not do like the white rice that i would typically be doing just now like a lean protein and uh and steamed vegetables or like a some avocado so you cut carbs at night yeah but i mean i take i i eat like a snack on like chips and certain things usually at night because i'm watching like a movie so it's all about like like removing it one place and then finding it in another place, you know? Um, so I try to like, you know, and it, when I do reintroduce like rice to my meals or a carb, I'll definitely be like actually like taking, because like before I would just like pile on some rice and like, cause it's so good. Now I'll just do like maybe like half of what I would usually do, like a half portion. Um, probably like I would say it's probably a cup of cooked rice. One, one question, one last uh, question with the fitness is, uh, or nutrition. Is there any value in cheat meals? Um, yeah. And when I say cheat meal, not a cheat day, we're going to eat that all day, but like once a week, maybe twice a week, having that piece of pie or having that. Then, like a cheat day is good. Yeah. Because like your body, it, it's it's for your metabolism like your metabolism actually ends up slowing down because it doesn't really have to work so hard because of like your you know the diet that you're on mm. and by introducing like all these calories and all these things it's like oh my god like whoa there's all this stuff i gotta break down so it kind of like it helps with your metabolism it helps also with your your mentality um, you know, a lot of times when you're doing a diet, you get burnt out, you get tired of the diet. So you end up not following the diet after a while. But, you know, as you know, from exercising, as long as you have, it takes three months, it takes about 12 weeks before you notice anything in the gym. So that same is with dieting. Like you've got to stick to it for at least 12 weeks. And so whatever you can do to keep the sustainability of that diet is super important. So if it is a cheat day, yeah, do the cheat day. Cheat, you know, but just like don't go super crazy, but have some pizza, have, you know, a piece of pie, have some cookies. 
you got to enjoy life too, you know, you know, yeah. you got to have it. And look, I enjoy eating just super healthy all the time. I enjoy that. But it's like, you know, I, I'm finding, especially after my, my leg gave me a lot of clarity of like, all right, like you got to, you know, enjoy this existence <laughs> once yeah. in a while. Like have a, have a, you don't have to, here's the thing too. You don't have to eat the whole thing. No. You can get satisfaction if someone has a piece of pie or a cake. I go, hey, let me have a bite of that. And I can take a bite of it. Like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. But yeah. I don't need to eat the whole thing. No, you don't. You yeah. don't. Um, yeah, dude, and just to touch on, like, the pre-workout you're doing, that's, you're, you know, that's great. That's pretty much the exact pre-workout that I do. It's something that boosts your, your, nit your you know, your NO, your nitrous in your blood, the nitrogen uh, booster which allows for pump and better nutrient delivery, um, better blood flow. Cause you know, you gotta have the blood where you're working it. So, uh, definitely mine is caffeine free and creatine free, uh, creatine free. Yeah. Um, again, like going back to like being hair safe, um, creatine potential has potential, for causing hair loss. Um, mm. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like a freak about like everything, like skin, my hair, uh, you know, cause like I'm an actor. This You're an is, actor. I mean, it is your look, your look is your look, right? Lively. And so I'm trying to like have longevity here. Um, and so that's like kind of like, so like a lot of the moves I make will like always keep that in mind, especially with like my nutrition food and diet. Um, incorporating a lot of things that are going to be very good for skin and hair like vitamin c from you know not like the synthetic sorbic acid but from like a real source of vitamin c like tart cherry or something like that mm -hmm. is super important yeah um so yeah sick dude dude this is this is honestly like I didn't want to have expectations coming to this conversation, but you blew them away anyway. It was so many topics covered, which is oh, amazing. Wow. And there's so <laughs> many more we didn't cover that we'll have to save for part two. For sure. So, uh, but dude, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for being a great friend out here in Los Angeles, man. And I remember when you first found out about my accident, you called me instantly. And I really appreciate that, man. I always, I really appreciate our relationship to have these conversations and, inspire each other and uh, before i give you the last word like i always do if people were to follow you on a social media platform is it possible for them to do that is there one they can follow you on yeah there i mean my instagram is still active uh there's just not much to see there but there will be when i get back on there i promise you uh probably in a couple of months so uh ryan is very nice on instagram you can follow me there and yeah that's pretty much i mean i'm on like i have a facebook but i'm never on it i will probably make a TikTok too when i get back on instagram and you know put content on both of them just because again it's like a tool and unfortunately how like as much as like i actually you know think it can be a black hole um uh we kind we kind of just have to do it dude it's like a necessary evil, I guess. And I'm done fighting it. I'm, you know, I'm like. Just living with it. I'm going to have to live with it. And if you can't beat them, join them. So <laughs> it looks like I'll be joining in on all of those 
TikTok, uh, you know, little dealy dads, little trends or whatever they call them, the kids are calling them nowadays. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, I feel, look, I, I can't, I talk shit about social media, but it's like, I still use it. It's done me a lot of good in terms of connections and doing this podcast. I'm doing it all through Instagram. Like, cause that's how, that's where everyone's at. Like yeah. everyone's on there. Like I'm, I'm really, what's really shifted my mind kind of with it. Like, all right, the feed and shit don't care. And I don't mean to offend anyone I follow. I want to like all your posts, but I can't do it for my mental. I just can't look at everyone's stuff. Yeah. That being said, I can't expect you to like mine either. So, you know, but it's like, I have found it interesting just to use it as a pure connecting tool, like in the messages and staying connected with people. So it does have its place. It is a very good networking tool to have. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. And you know, that just like real quickly, that reminded me, I went through like a pretty bad injury, um, mm -hmm. like just chronic pain. Like I was in like pain all the time to the point where I was like, wow, how am I going to ever be an actor if like, I'm like just constantly in this much pain. Um, and Instagram helped me with that because like, because I was like searching different things and looking at, you know, physiotherapists that were on Instagram's videos, like it started showing me more videos for physical therapists and like, ways to like relieve pain and movement patterns and so like i went down the rabbit hole that is like chronic pain and like a, a nagging injury and instagram gave me a lot of very very useful information and knowledge on how to combat an injury and like and potentially what was causing the pain and like so it it definitely was very positive in that sense that like I learned a lot on Instagram about how the body is supposed to move, how pain is created and, um, and just things like that. And if there's like one really good account that, you know, helped me, it would be an account called move you, which are like very, I might've told you about it. Um, usually when someone like talks to me and like, we end, we, I end up finding out that they have like an injury or like back pain or something or knee pain. Well, I'm like, okay, well, like, you know, you should follow Move You and like kind of watch those videos because it's, you're basically, it's like our bodies are machines and they're supposed to be like, you know, you are checking your posture a lot. Like I noticed you checking your posture during the, uh, during this podcast and good posture is super important because bad movement patterns and bad posture leads to pain, leads right. to chronic pain. So, um, you know, and especially when you start working out like form and like having good posture throughout all of these movements that you're doing with heavy weight is so, so important. And that's what caused, I'm pretty sure my chronic pain along with stress and things, won't go we'll save that for the next one but like when i lived in china i was under a lot of stress and there's a lot of inflammatory causing foods that i was consuming on a day-to-day -day that created this per perfect storm of just like chronic pain and i forgot uh, you lived in china that's a whole other ball of wax <laughs> yeah we'll save we'll save that for part two but yeah china was wild man um 
it broke me. It definitely like it, it built me up and it broke me down. Where were you at Hong Kong or where were you at? I went to Hong Kong multiple times. Hong Kong is a amazing city. I lived in Shanghai. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, isn't that like 30 million people? Isn't it like insane city sizes? That's one thing I didn't realize about over there, like Shanghai and Hong Kong. Like they make New York City look like nothing. Like it's like, we got like 20, 30 million people here. Like, that's insane. Uh, 22 million skyscrapers in Shanghai or something like that. Yeah, there's- Jesus. Yeah, I think there's only like like half of that in New York. Um, Dude, wild. Wild, wild, uh, <laughs> wild experience for sure. Um, what just one last? What age were you when you lived there? Um, I moved out there when I was twenty-five. And you were there for how long? No, twenty. Got it, dude. It's all like a blur. I think I was out there when I was twenty-six. I was out there for two and a half years. Wow. Dang, yeah, we're going to have to dive into that next time because that's a whole other worldly perspective, I'm sure, that you have. Yeah, dude. And to come to Los Angeles, too, especially after that. Like, I feel like China just prepared me to deal with, like, L.A. And, uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, yeah, no, Instagram is positive. Helped me with chronic pain. Movie is good. Uh, China was crazy. And... <laughs> We'll talk about it next one. Uh, we'll talk about the next forward, one. Looking, huh? looking forward to it, man. Like I, I totally enjoy our conversations. We have very similar interests yeah. and a lot of information both of us bring to the table, and you know, well, each uh, other. So yeah, and I, I was saying. Uh, to someone like this podcast, man, honestly, I'm just getting so much out of it because these are conversations I'd have on the phone most of the time, but it's like, I'm learning, it's like reading books on steroids, almost just having these long form conversations with people such as yourself, you know, intelligent, artistic, creative, outside the box thinking people. And it's just like, dude, it's, it's, it's bleeding into my life in a good way. Cause like, we'll talk about things. Cause even the, even the dude, even the shit you said, like, Hey man, you may not want to do like as much cardio at the end of your whatever. Like, dude, that could be a huge life change for me. Cause I do that all the time. It's like, uh, I'm getting to that point. Like I talked about this, uh, on the last podcast, knowledge without application is useless. And like, I love reading books and I love having conversations, but if you're not going to apply this stuff, what's the point? You're just talking theory all the time. Like, yeah, I, it's useless. It's useless. You're so like when you like, useless info. So when you tell me like, and you're someone like, especially when it comes to the science of certain things, it's like when you tell me like, oh yeah, this, 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 this I know you read your stuff. Like you read research and you have experimented on yourself. So yeah, man, this has been a treat and I'll keep talking. So <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I always leave the guests with the last word. It can yeah. be as deep or as shallow as you want. It can be a philosophy, an experience, a movie, a book. It can be absolutely anything that you want to leave us with. Oh man. Okay. Oh goodness. I guess, um, from like the conversation is that we had today is take care of yourself, 
um, understand that negative thing or positive things that you're doing to yourself can become negative uh, without moderation and without proper application um, and just, you know, relieve stress. Stress is like the number one killer. Stress sucks. So figure out ways that you can relieve that stress because you won't get the longevity that you need to pursue your dreams or whatever it is that you're doing if you're constantly stressed out. So, Awesome, man. Well, dude, thank you so much for the good vibes, the info. Stick around for a sec after I stop the recording. That's it, yeah. But uh, Ryan Larson, thank you, man. This has been a treat. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, everyone that watches. Uh, Sam, you're doing some sick sick work with these podcasts. I enjoy watching them, and I'm super grateful to be on here. Awesome. Thank you, man. We'll do it again. Hell yeah. All right, man. Peace.